everyone, it's episode 352 of This Is Whole Life. And you know what? I was thinking of a better title. Because oh. I, I really wasn't like the inclusivity of the call. Okay. It seemed a little long. And I just thought this was Parables 102, because Jesus is Parables 101. But it really was Parables 102. Okay. I thought, because, I mean, we had um, we had Albert's new Follow Me song, right? Yeah. Yep. So that was kind of like storytelling. And then we got or a song, or a song, which is kind of like that. Yvette uh, did the Martha skit, which is definitely storytelling. And then we had the special duet, another song, which is more storytelling. And then we had the newbie video, which was a parable in video form. Mm-hmm. And then I really, and we had the menti. So we yeah. we were we were teaching. We were you know kind of felt like that that was semi applicable. And I kind of felt like your message was almost more parable form than typical. Okay. Would you agree? Agree, not agree? Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. So I just thought that overall, like, if, and we say it every week, don't miss, don't miss the message, don't miss the, but really what, like what part of this, what part of this week could you not just tell someone like, wow, it was pretty amazing. Oh, worship, extras. I mean, it was full. This was it a was. full week. And mm-hmm. we didn't have any, and we didn't have any questions. I think we taught pretty well too. the parables. You know, maybe this is, maybe this is the uh, question killer. Because when you teach and speak in, with parables, I mean, we didn't have anyone really asking any questions. And we didn't do Q&A at the end either, so that tends to also... That tends to, to dampen that down a little yeah. bit. But. So for those of you listening, just because we don't do Q&A doesn't mean you can't ask questions because <laughs> we'll talk about them here. You're going to have to come up with them either way. And so tomorrow, this is so you're hearing this on Wednesday, so actually today for you tomorrow... You can actually watch the newbie video on our social media. You can swipe up in the show notes, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. I think it's gonna—it's too long for Twitter, so it'll only be Facebook and. Uh, or nominating Instagram. Stanley and and uh, Melanie yeah. for uh, for like some sort of webby? award. Yes, yeah, a webby. Can we, can, we, yeah. can we submit that for a webby? <laughs> a webby, maybe even a uh, Oscar. Can you do an Oscar? You think short form film? <laughs> Maybe. I feel like it. I, feel like <laughs> I was just ba- excited I got to oh. show off my basketball skills. It was impressive. Oh, yeah. What did you think of my form? I Is thought it? it was. I thought your uh, <laughs> your shirt shorts were pretty. Uh, the pretty, uniform uh, was on the uniform point. Was, my uniform, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought Stanley really. I mean, if we're being honest. I think Stanley was Oscar worthy for oh. his role as a jerk. Man, mean could... Stanley is just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so, so do you have to get in character for that, or was that he did. just? Um... It just you know if you, if you know Stanley and I you know Stanley and I worked together for six years, so that yeah, he's is one I, of the I, kindest, I, nicest people you ever know. I have to tell on him in between every take. He was like, apologizing. I'm, I'm sorry. I wow, I don't know. That's is that too mean? I sound really mean. <laughs> <laughs> that look, that look he does when he when he you're asking for him to pass you the ball, the, the scrunching of his face and his nose, mm, and then shaking his head, and then he launches the ball. That was just, I laughed. I've, I've watched that so oh many times. I laugh every time I see well, it. Well, for those of you that are listening, in, that's it. Pay attention because it'll be a it'll be a grabber. It that's is. Good. It is. No, and it was, I thought it was, you know, we talk about those kinds of things about, you know, what kind of church culture that you want. And we often talk about what kind of church culture we grew, grew up in, which many of us can resonate kind of with maybe not every part of that, but with some of the different themes about, well, you're not really ready for that yet. Or maybe this person wouldn't be the best because, eh, well, you know, they've never done this before. And, you know, talking about inclusion and 
you know, and then the when when Melanie's like, well, I, you know, if you could just grow, <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe that was the most poignant part about the whole thing was just like. Yeah, I'm doing the best I can. I've never played before. I've been practicing at home, but it's different when you're in the game. And I don't think the growth thing I can do a whole lot of <laughs> about it. So adding a little bit of humor in there, but also realizing what it's like when maybe if you've grown up in Christianity, you never really had you maybe you were graded or maybe you, you know, you did mature through the years, but somebody really knew. That's a tough position to be in and a little extra grace. I mean, not that I would expect anyone at whole life to be like the mean Stanley from the video, but you know, subtleties often. Yeah. I thought I, I definitely, um, it's interesting when you put that sermon together, I thought, well, you know, I can think of churches I've been to that really needed this sermon pretty, pretty badly. Um, but you know what? I think that one of the things that we always have to be vigilant about at whole life is that we can't take for granted that, that will stay a inclusive and accessible church unless we talk about it constantly and stay vig- vigilant because um, human nature, from my observation, always tends to push itself towards exclusivity. You have to be really intentional to be inclusive, and the lack of attention will take you towards exclusivity because we all tend to like to to fit in, we all we tend to gravitate towards people who are like us, think like us, look like us, act like us, and gravitate away from including people who don't fit those categories. So unless you keep talking about it, um, keep reminding ourselves of it, I think it, it it tends to you know that that vision tends to leak. Hmm. Well, is it just because it's comfortable? Because I I'm not an introvert by any stretch, but as an extrovert. I, there's times when those conversations of meeting someone new is uncomfortable. But if you if you come out of that on the other end or in a very short time, even with just a maybe we don't get to know each other, but a pleasant man, I'm I met whoever. I met Ken for the first time today. Seems like a really nice guy. I've got uh, hopes and dreams and aspirations about what this could become. And maybe it never pans out to be your best friends, but it, if it's one more person even that you talk to each week at church at minimum, just minimum, it's still a smiling face. It's a recognition. It's a, it's, it's a, it's another contact warm point. And I just, I just feel like it's such an, an easy thing to do. And I know it's not for everybody, but the reward seems so good. Well, I think I, I think, and you bring up the idea of extrovert introvert. I think what Ken just said is is real is real. It's a discomfort for me to think of myself as as moving beyond uh, you know somebody who doesn't act or think or look like me. Those are all uncomfortable pieces. But you know, we challenge ourselves from time to time. I think another layer is the is the idea of scarcity. That if I have more people, if other people, and especially people that I don't like, you know, feeling comfortable around anyway, if they're coming in to take something that I feel is already kind of in, I'm entitled to, then it then it gets to another another layer too, right? So this idea that um, hey, you're in my seat, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> um, Kind of, you know, kind of gets exasperated too, exacerbated with the idea of 
having you know more people who don't know our culture or don't know us or don't know. So I think it's compounded by that. And I think Ken's right. Our vision of inclusivity and our vision of wanting to bring God's grace, forgiveness, love, and acceptance to everyone, yeah, no matter their background. There's one thing I really wanted to get across in in this particular sermon, and I definitely wanted to get it through in the video that we showed, mm-hmm. was the idea that that somehow that that you have to you have to check off a list of perfection before you can be involved mm-hmm. that you, before you can that some that there's this idea I think a lot of times that for participation to take place um, you have to already belong you already have to have found your place you have to have joined the group and uh, you know just just human experience will tell you that just doesn't work that way that people need to have find their belonging and find that the, the participation is what leads to that, being a part of things, being involved, being given tasks to do, being given responsibility, sometimes giving responsibility beyond what you're capable of that inspires you to to, to move up and to, to grow because you know that it's beyond what you're able to do. I, I mean, I think about being 16 years old and given the chance to preach a sermon at the biggest church in the conference that I happened to be a part of at that point in my life. And I wasn't ready to preach a sermon. There was there was a lot. I mean, I didn't have the education. I didn't have the maturity. I didn't. I mean, what am I going to tell a bunch of people who are you know way older than sixteen? And yet somebody took a, the time to let me do it and valued, made me feel like what I had to say was valued and worthwhile. And I think it's one of the things that's actually kept me a Seventh Day Adventist. And I can tell you that, you know, there were points in my life where I, I did not deserve to be up front preaching, but it's one of the things that kept me kept me walking with God in some ways, because I, I had a purpose, I had a reason for being there. And um, and it can come in so many different forms. It can be all kinds of different things inside of church life. But I think, you know, there's this this like I said, there's a temptation to feel like people have to meet a certain standard in order to be involved or to to lead out something or to be up front or to help with something. And and I think there are certain things that you know I think we need to be th- thoughtful and appropriate when we ask people to to take on things. But I think some we're I think we're far more likely to be limiting beyond what God would want. You think about think about the people in the Bible that God actually had do things for him. Samson's a great example of this. <laughs> I mean, not a good person. Just not a good person at all. And yet he's considered a judge of Israel and he also shows up in the faith chapter in Hebrews. You tell I mean, look at that guy. <laughs> Abject failure from beginning to end morally. A moral failure if ever I mean the People would be out of their minds if this was their pastor. I mean, think about that. And, <laughs> and yet he church. is a judge of Israel that God prophesied would be born. And I'm not saying God wanted this guy to do the thing, Samson to do the things that he was, you know, the immoral things he was doing, but somehow God still used him. David comes to mind. Rahab comes to mind. By the way, I'm just naming off people that are in the faith chapter. You know, you start looking at these people who, from a human perspective, are moral train wrecks at times. I mean, Abraham, uh, we love to, you know, eulogize how amazing this guy was, but just come on, read through his story a little bit. This is not, 
<laughs> he marries his sister, which, by the way, in Leviticus says you're not supposed to do. I was just reading that. that my worship today was part of. I'm reading through Leviticus, and um, not supposed to. Okay, oh, not supposed to read through Leviticus. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, good for you. Leviticus, <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough road to hoe. Is all I'm well, saying. Well, he pretended he married his sister, so Abraham. No, but he. She was his half sister. Sarah was his half sister. It was his. Uh, oh, was it his half sister? Yeah, yes. it was his half yes. sister. It was his half sister. She was his half sister, and in which Leviticus specifically says not your half sister too. By the way, which and by the way, another little fascinating point. Just because I'm on this so, tangent, I want to go there. Don't don't no, try to get no, me off no, this, no, Randy. I'm not letting. I'm going. You're, you're another thing in the book of Leviticus, which by the way is Moses is credited with authoring Leviticus. Another little uh, beauty in Leviticus, wherever it was, I was this morning, I think 13 or somewhere like that. Anyway, you also are not allowed to um, marry your aunt, which, you know, makes sense, except that think about Moses, Moses is the product of a man who married his aunt. (laughs) So so just think about that. And I I got to thinking about this, doing my worship this morning, was Moses... You know, I know God inspired this, but was Moses thinking, man, I see what happened in my parents' relationship, and it is a really bad idea for, for so somebody. So let me put that in there. Yeah, so let me let me go ahead and just kind of add about what a bad idea this is. Well, you are really digging into the genealogies there. <laughs> well, but it, this fascinating stuff. I mean, you just think about all this stuff, and we're like so particular with, with, with how we treat people, and yet God is so Big, and I'm not saying that God says, you know, this and that's okay. I don't think that he excuses, you know, immorality or whatever. But what I do think is interesting is that God seems to somehow get past it and give people stuff to do anyway. <laughs> um, it, so anyway, I don't know. You yeah, know, I, I take comfort in the fact that if God can use Balaam's donkey, I mean, <laughs> come on, <laughs> there's some room to work there. <laughs> right. So, But look at what. Just to what you're saying, though, is, and I'm not saying that anyone that was participating this week, I'm not comparing them to anyone you just uh, listed off like Samson or Rahab. <laughs> yes, let's, let's oh, go ahead. Let's, let's make what, what, this, let's make yes, this very clear. But I think that's the beauty of people that, like, I, this week there was a lot of people on the platform that I, I don't think I've ever seen there before. I mean, maybe they were there a week I hadn't seen or whatever, but there was a lot of people participating that... You you may not always see like the girls that did the duet. I don't have they ever sang here before. Mm, oh yeah, have that's, they? That's, I mean, uh, I know I know um, Dela Cruz, Ava. Dela Cruz. I know she has, but I didn't recognize. But but the people, and then there was someone on on stage uh, doing ASL mm-hmm. sign language, and she just got American voted in. Sign language. So oh, she right. was already Desiree. That's yeah. Desiree. Desiree. And so you know, there's all all these people that are participating. Inez was up front last week. I think that's the first time she's been up front, and we've just had some really amazing worship and being fueled by people that. You know, you don't, you just haven't seen up front before. And so to just say, to maybe not worry as much about all the things that we would, you know, you know, straw picking and, oh, that makes me, but man. Well, I, I think to go with that, it, there has, you know, we've all, I don't, well, I shouldn't say we all, I've been, I've been part of churches, pastored churches where they used that as leverage. Belonging was leverage. In yeah. other words, until you belong, uh, you know, this isn't going right. to happen yeah. and so forth. And belonging had some roadblocks and so forth. But I think we do the same thing to ourselves at times, that that we believe 
that we can't do those things. And mm-hmm. we create our own sort of leverage to keep ourselves from doing that. And that's what I think whole life – and that's why I love Ken's message is that we don't want that to be a barrier. We want you to feel enabled and empowered to create that level of I'm going to shut that leverage down. I don't need <laughs> – I don't need – not to say that we don't want you to be a part of it, but we also don't want you to think that your talents and skills aren't available until you are right. fully whatever uh, – what do you ever want to call it? In, invested or – Well, so, I think that's an attitude that has to be nurtured too yeah. because yeah. I think we have a tendency to have a, a closed posture toward new people, new situations. But we intentionally cultivate a posture of openness, openness toward new people, toward new new ideas. Even if we fail, we look at that and say, well, let's not do that again. But we tried. So, yeah, I remember when uh, we moved one time, um, we've moved multiple times. So Kyla was in a new school <laughs> for the first time and she met this you know, she was, there was a group of girls in the elementary school she was at and, and she found one or two that she really was connecting with. And and then she was told, well, you can't, they were talking about, you're a forever friend, you're a forever friend. And then they looked at Kyle and said, but well, you're not because you've not been here. Yeah. You have to be here for two years before you can be a forever friend. Well, not shockingly, we were happy to move Kyla before the two years expired to another place because the problem is when you put, when you, I understand why, why they're saying, they're like, oh, well this, we've been together for a while. We know each other. You're new, but the same thing, none of us want to feel that way. If we're the new person, we want to be immediately welcomed and accepted and made a forever friend and given the benefit of, of of friendship and love. And, and so that's, we've, again, if we don't talk about it in a, in church, it will slip and people will naturally just kind of pair off to the people that they know and feel comfortable with, not intentionally being mean, not intentionally trying to exclude, but because we're not thinking about it, that's what we do. And, and I have to say, I actually had, um, a couple of, um, some good friends that I have here in this area that do not attend Whole Life Church, and they're wonderful people in spite of not attending Whole Life Church. You know who you are if you're listening. Oh. I love you guys. <laughs> they listen to our podcast on a regular basis, but I had some really good friends, people I love a lot. Um, and I was really curious to hear what their experience was when they came here. What What did you, as somebody who doesn't come here super often, um, what was it like walking in? Did people, you know, did people notice you? Did people... and it was such a refreshing thing for me to hear from them. Oh, we were like, like people were so nice. People were coming up and introducing themselves and saying hello and welcoming us. And it was just, it feels so friendly and so warm. And so, man, I just, you know, for all, all you whole lifers out there, thank you. Thank you for being yeah. you. Thank you that I don't really have to preach that sermon aside just to be a little bit of a reminder that just keeps us going where we're going, where we're, where we are. I, I just appreciate that so much about you because, man, it we've all been to church for the first time and you walk in, you're worried is like, do I, am I going to be wearing the right clothes? If I'm not wearing the right clothes, are they going to look at me weird? If I am wearing the right clothes, are they still going to look at me weird? Is anybody going to notice me? Are they going to single me out? 
it's a it's a nerve wracking thing. And if you've, I mean, I remember the first time um, I grew up in a big Adventist bubble when I worked out in television news. I remember the first time that I walked into a bar for the first time with my friends who were who went to the bar every night, and they they said, "Ken, please come with us. You don't have to drink. Just just hang out with us." And and so after you know thought and prayer, I said, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it." And can I tell you how out of place I felt walking in there? I did not know. I did not know what the rules were inside there. I didn't know <laughs> how, you know, you know, what's the protocol? Why am I having to pay $3 for a Sprite? Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, when your beer is $2, this doesn't make sense to me. But, and, and that's people, mostly ice. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and people... People who walk into churches, I think sometimes we forget, we take it for so for granted, those of us who grew up in the church or who have been going to church for a long time, how awkward it is for somebody who's never been to church before to walk in and how vulnerable you feel. You feel like, I don't, I mean, I don't know whether, you know, am I supposed to, I don't know the words to the song. I don't know, I don't understand the, uh, what verse are they quoting here and what's a Sabbath school? What is that? And why is everybody saying happy Sabbath? And why is <laughs> why is this, you know, and so that's why it's so important to us here at Whole Life that we break as many of those barriers to belonging down so people do not feel on the outside. It's in, in inevitable that they will. I mean, the bar that I walked into is a very friendly place, and everybody was super happy that I was hanging out with them. But it was still an awkward experience. And had they been cold or distant, I would never have gone back to hang out with them again. But because of the kindness that people show me, I would make time every once in a while. I was never going to be, because I never, n- never been interested in drinking. It doesn't interest me whatsoever. But I would go hang out because my friends were there. And it meant something to them that I would show up. And um, I think that we underestimate where our friends are willing to go and visit us. And I happen to believe that, unlike the bar, at church, we actually have something to offer, and if people only show up because that's where their friends are, I'm okay with that, because I think that putting them inside of a church with people around them, I believe that, I just take that Jesus word when he says, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw people to me. And so, you know, I just think it's so important for us to create just that warm environment that anybody can walk into, and even though they feel a little uncomfortable, that discomfort quickly dissipates as they realize they're not going to be judged for how they dress. They're not going to be judged for not knowing the right words, the right phrases, they're understanding why everybody's doing what they're doing. They're not going to be judged for being um, having a different morality code than the people inside the church, that they're going to be loved as they are and treated well. You know, and, and it all takes time. And that was the thing that, for me in the video, bring it right back to finally to that video that we showed. If I hadn't preached a word, if you just watch the video and think about the correlation between the video and church life, you would get the whole sermon and more. Because to me, there's this just poignant scene. If you didn't listen to sermon or see this video, basically this this new person comes to play basketball, and they're given every reason under the sun why they can't play. You know, first they're left out because they're not wearing the right uniform, and then they're told to grow, even though they're they're short. And then you know, and, and great job, Melanie is that newbie who who takes that. And so there's all this thing, and at the very end, Stanley's character, the veteran player, um, at the end of the game goes back to the bench. The new person's nowhere to be seen, and you know, Stanley says, "Wow, what a lack." 
of commitment some people have. And if you just stop and think the amount of commitment that Melanie's character had to put in to endure all the way up to that moment, and and some and then we we somehow fault that person for not having a commitment when we do everything on earth to exclude them. If you really, you know, why should why should this be like Navy SEAL training where you have to go through <laughs> hell week to belong, to be a part of things? I mean, I I'm a big fan of initiation. I'm a big fan of of people having to do hard things because I think it matters. But I I also think that I'm not a big fan of making it so hard that that we treat church like there's some sort of virtue in washing people out. Um, like like it's like, well, this is, you know, if you can't pass uh, microbiology, then you don't belong in the medical field. Well, well, if you can't, I you, think, know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, as I saw Melanie in the video, I was like, you know, just as just for doing such a great job, I think we should get you a basketball, like a whole life basketball <laughs> jersey, and like I think you should be double zero because you know that that would just kind of fit. And on the back, it should have been long suffering newbie on the back because like literally, no, at least five foot zero. Come on, because <laughs> what Ken just described was every at every moment you're just like, if that was me. I just I'd lose it. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, this, what, why? This, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this. I would have walked out like way before that character. Yeah. And so it's like you, the 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 patience, and you're right. The thought of looking back at who has to endure all of those rules and then think about it from their perspective. And Melanie did a great job of of <laughs> of like I thought giving realistic responses. Like well no I yeah I'm, I'm really no I'm trying to fit in I'm doing my best I'm I'm doing all these things that you've asked me to do and I'm still not being accepted but then just coming back for more and more and more until the end and I just thought that um, like Ken said that you could have just watched that and gotten the whole thing and it, is it social media time it's social media time <laughs> <laughs> we all know what to do when Ken pulls out his phone <laughs> yeah, this is, is the, I love this I, I, although I do I do have to say that Ken wrote that script so Stanley and I were uh, just actors? were playing our part we were just actors we were, they, they brought it to life though it was so good it was like I was so so happy with it so I wanted to ask you Melanie just being a, a, the position that you are in here as our worship pastor, is this a position you've held anywhere else? Or not officially. Not officially, but as a volunteer even? As a volunteer. Have you ever been in a church that hasn't done things similarly to what we do as far as being inclusive? And can you tell us what the differences were and how you feel about how we do it here? Like what the why you would do it here or choose to do it this way? Well, I can tell you from the not worship pastor position, showing up as as someone who um, wanted to be involved and who had, you know, some level of of skill that that I thought would would um, be able to be used for participation and being treated with great suspicion, you know, being <laughs> treated like, well, I don't know, you kind of have to prove yourself to belong. You kind of, but, but there is that sense of, you know what, sit on the bench, we'll decide if you're good enough and we'll decide if you belong. And um, I think, you know, at whole life, there, you don't have to prove you belong. You belong. Now we just figure out where you where? participate. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of where and what. Nice. So it's not contingent of belonging. Right, exactly. Mm 
No, I like that. And I, I just wanted everyone to hear it too, because you know, there's so many different things that go into what happens every week. I get that question a lot. Like, how does all this happen every week? And <laughs> it's, it's a busy, it's busy around here uh, during the week and especially on Friday. Well, there's so <laughs> many places though to, to find participation of yeah. life. And we sometimes tend to find, define participation as who's up front on Saturday morning. That's and that's, I mean, I, I really appreciate all the people who make, who are up front, but it's kind of like if you've ever worked, well, it, it's kind of like when I worked in television news as the anchor, people recognize me on the street. But the reason why I was successful is because there are about 20 people who they never saw yeah. for every, I mean, mm-hmm. well, there's 40 or 50 people that they never saw, never knew that were making things happen. And, and here at Whole Life, there's so many different places to participate, whether that's, you know, helping out with our justice ministries. And, you know, Anderling's just doing a really cool new, um, just introduced a new thing to us at staff meeting today where we're going to be once a month uh, serving meals at the Christian, Ser- Christian Service Center. So we're going to need help with people serving and 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 chefing and doing some other things there there's you know there's just you know there's there's our children's programs there's our adult programs there are so many different places to be involved and to participate and to lead a small group i mean there's just no end of things and so being up front on on sabbath morning is it's just one of many different opportunities there's so many, like you said, so many different. I mean, even if crocheting is your thing, we have a ministry for you. So <laughs> what, whatever it is that, that you bring. That's, yeah, I think uh, about the No Barriers Committee that we yeah. have, Randy. That's another important one where we're trying, you know, that committee's trying to identify barriers that we have here at Whole Life and overcome them and solve them and help us because we're not, man, we know we're not perfect here. We've yeah. got, there's some, there's some issues that we've got to get figured out, the things that aren't, the processes that aren't running smoothly, things that aren't going exactly the way that any of us wish they were. Um, we're and that's, it's not okay, but it's okay. It's you okay. know, it's one of those things yeah. that as long as we're working on, as long as we're striving to do better, you know, we, we had somebody who, who, who came this last week to church and gave us a one-star review on our <laughs> on our Google Facebook page. And you know what? I'm glad that they felt like they could share with us something that was on their hearts. Um, yeah. and and you know, we we gave them a a response on uh, you know, I personally went on Google asked Randy for you to help me get on there so <laughs> I could personally respond to cuz it's important to me that well, that we that we acknowledge things that people don't feel feel good about. Well, we had another, we had a four star today cool. uh, that I just responded to and they were like, I'm a medical professional. And if you have young kids, uh, I'd bring your protection. And I responded like, Hey, our no barriers committee, we're, committee, we're aware of this, that there are some hot spots in our, in challenges with mixing in our worship center. Uh, the audio system is, well, I didn't go into this much detail, but the audio system is o- older from the speaker part of it. So actually getting the correct sound levels to all portions of our worship center is a huge challenge. And But, you know, we're working on identifying hotspots. 
spots, making sure that people that maybe have yeah. issues with sound uh, aren't seated there. And we actually and, do have headphones. I don't know that it's really well known, but we do have um, noise canceling headphones. And we do have out some. at the welcome desk that people can grab for their kids. We also have earplugs. I mean, I don't want people to get the impression that <laughs> we're going to blow out your eardrums because we do pay attention to the decibel levels in yeah. the worship center. But if it's if it's outside your comfort level in terms of your yeah. your own hearing, then we have you know we we want to help you be comfortable. So oh, we have earplugs, and we also have our our church app where uh, you can put in your own headphones and you can adjust the volume according to what's comfortable for yeah. you. So. Yeah. so just a response to say that, yeah, we're aware of some of those challenges and there's places that just personally, because my daughter who has issues with noise likes to sit in the loudest part of the worship center <laughs> every week. And so it's like, yeah, that's a hot spot. That's probably some place <laughs> if you are, you probably, you know, a little bit further to the back and in front of the booth. If you can find yourself a seat, come early. That's about the best place in the room to sit. So it's so funny though. <laughs> I like, I was, um, you know, I hear that. And I think, uh, thank you, Melanie, for emphasizing. We really do take that seriously and we do watch the decibel level. We do understand sometimes for some people it feels pre-loud. We do understand again that there's some hot spots in the in the place as well. And then there are times where just for one reason or another that it's a little bit loud. On the other hand, <laughs> Rochelle and I went to the uh we were gifted with some uh some passes to the opening night for uh Orlando City um soccer club and uh that was loud. Do you um, put in front of put in front of one of the PA speakers? Um you know we were we were up way in the nosebleeds, but, um, I shouldn't say way in the nosebleeds. We were, we were on one side of the field. It was Rochelle. Rochelle is very sensitive to noise. And, um, and so she was deeply regretting that she hadn't brought her earplugs <laughs> with her. And what, and what I've, what I've appreciated is that my wife who's deeply sensitive noise, most of the time at whole life is, it's not feels an pretty issue for her. It feels pretty comfortable yeah, for her. So. That's good. So the, one of the things I wanted to just touch on real quickly is if you were a part of the service online or in-house this past week, uh, we did two Menti surveys with um, with the Word Clubs. <laughs> and um, I just wanted— We're going to go there, are we, Randy? <laughs> we did. Well, we're not going to go there. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you were there for a second service, you, know, you already know. I don't have to tell you. But we had—was there any surprises? <laughs> outside of that— <laughs> Because we had about 300 – we had about 250 people cast over 300 votes. Wow. Which was quite a bit. That's more than we usually wow. see. And I looked at both of these and when it came to second service where we had over 200 of them, it, like friends, family, acceptance, and loved are like the top four Go words. ahead and read the question that they were asked. Yeah. What are some words that you associate with being included? And overall at first service, like acceptance and love – and everyone were like the three biggest, but like acceptance was by far and away the the, the big word there. And as I was just looking over these and I, I'm just thinking about what we talk about at staff meeting, what we do and, you know, Melanie and Albert are planning, you know, worship services and, and, and all those different pieces and parts. And I really feel like acceptance, I think they nailed it with acceptance and love or the two were the two biggest overall. And I thought if there's anything that – not saying like you said, we're not perfect here. But if there's anything that we really focus on and try to get right, it's those two. So I feel like at least the parts that we know we really want to emphasize, um, I think we're getting those right. 
Yeah, I, I think that the only part that I wanted to add was that participation. I think oftentimes when we think of inclusiveness, we think about all the words that you just mentioned, Randy, but we leave out the word participation. I think that's Absolutely. a crucial yeah. word for um, for inclusiveness because, um, you know, if you're not participating, are you really being included? If you're allowed to sit and watch, is that really being included? And, and in my mind, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you, how would you describe, because I, when you said participation, I was waiting to see if someone was going to say it because it's as someone with, um, who attends a lot of events in the Down syndrome community and special needs. And, and we know a lot of those families and we were just at, uh, we had a big bowl-a-thon and the word that they kept using over and over was, well, you guys aren't here. Like being here isn't, being included participation in the game is what is including that's the inclusion part and when you mentioned that you had you mentioned some thoughts from Jesus on inclusion and talking about <clears throat> Martha in Luke 10:41 and 42 he uh, the lord said to her my dear martha you're worried and upset over all these details there's only one thing worth being concerned about mary has discovered it and will not be taken away from her and part of it to me, the immediate word that popped in my head was participation in Jesus, participation in what he's doing and the yep. following me part. Right. And yep. so, but then I'm like, you know, how can, how can that be when we worry about so many other things and really, you know, participating and getting to know Jesus and being a part of what he's doing is like the, to me, that just, it, it was a, an, uh, an easy draw, an easy conclusion to come to, but yet it seems fairly elusive to us. Why is that? You were shaking your head, Melanie. That's why I looked at you. You were like, uh-huh. Yeah. I was I was clearing the cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> we think you made a good point that doesn't need further explanation. Yeah. All right. Then we'll go we'll move on from that. I think it I mean I I'm not saying there's a, a deep dark But I do think no, I do think it's a it is and as I was listening to um Yvette do the drama, mm. we we tend to and I think it's I think it's kind of an avoidance tactic. We tend to try to get busy so we can stay away from that level of involvement or engagement that Ooh. I think is probably the piece that we need the most. Even mm-hmm. with Jesus? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is, What's is, that we're getting? Yeah. I think that as – there's a – and I'm not going to call anybody out, but there's probably lots of people – in you know in churches and I'm not going to say our church I mean, I'm assuming our church as well but that are working their fingers to the bone at church but ignoring some really important things at home mm. and and some of those things are I think those are the more the the deeper things in life which I think he's he says Mary found those things she's realizing you know Martha just wants to I mean you know she's basically Throwing her under the bus on everything. And Jesus saying, no, she's actually yeah. going for those things. So I think sometimes we can get it. And, and I know this goes against everything we just talked about in terms of involvement and, and engagement. But don't mistake being busy for being engaged in what Christ would have us to be a part mm. of. Well, doesn't that good? I mean, we've all, all of us who've ever supervised anybody have had people that were very, very busy but never got much done. Yeah. And... And so connection with Jesus mm-hmm. is the first priority. And then that is 
the first participation part of it. And when we are doing things at church, hopefully what we're doing is we're doing those things because it brings us connection with Jesus, not because it's what we think we have to do for Jesus to like us. Right. Exactly. Um, the motivation is the, yeah. is the piece there. Yeah. I think also, though, I mean, just because I like to bring the other side of things, I think sometimes there are people who are having difficulty in the relationship with God, but they want to be in the vicinity of yeah. other God seekers. Yeah. And if that's the case, then, yeah, you know, we would love for you to have this deep abiding relationship with God. But if you're having trouble with that and you just want to be in the vicinity of God and you want to come get to work, you're welcome to do that also. That's well said. Mm, so well said. here I went and threw, you know, I threw Martha <laughs> under the bus. No, this and, is just uh, us balancing each other out. It's, it's okay, John. Well, but like I said in the sermon, I, I really do think that, I think, like I said, we, I think, I think maybe Jesus was maybe telling Martha that that maybe he wanted her at his feet too. I don't know. That's the traditional view that we take on it. I don't. I think it's also possible that Jesus was very fine with Martha being in that kitchen, that he was okay with it. The big problem was that Martha was trying to tell another follower of Jesus where they should be. be. Where to be. And, and, and not really asking, you know, telling Jesus where he needed to deploy <laughs> his his followers as opposed to saying hey jesus i could use some help in the kitchen what good. do you think good yeah. who where you know i mean i've seen you multiply fish and loaves so can we either do that or can we get <laughs> some help over here you've got 12 disciples can a couple of them come in here and chop yeah. vegetables <laughs> and it might have been that jesus said hey martha Rather than making the food right now, I'd love it if you come. I've got something really important that I'm wanting to say right now. Come and sit for a while, and then we'll all go join you in the kitchen and help you out. Or maybe just go, yeah, fine. I'm going to send Peter in there. He'll be he'll he'll help you out. <laughs> um, but the point is, maybe we ought to be asking Jesus where he wants to deploy his people, rather than telling Jesus where he's going to deploy his yeah. resources. Yeah, I never took the admin, the him admonishing you know Martha that way. That what she wasn't trying to do was important to feed people but just the fact that yeah <laughs> you're you know better maybe than I where they should be and then the next verse you talked about was Matthew 21 and 31 and I'm just like Jesus isn't pulling any punches he's not even he's not velvet sledgehammer he's not sledgehammer he's like let's just knock the whole building down let's just start up the bulldozer and he says, I tell you the truth, correct ta- corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will go into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. And I'm like, man, who's participating now? When you think about you know, who's being included through participation, taking what you've heard and what you believe, even though you've got all this other baggage. And I thought if there was ever a, a, a verse that should make you feel pretty good about yourself, is it's like, hey, the worst of the worst are here, and they're going to find it an easier way to heaven than you do because – they're actually participating. They're following. They're doing what I've asked them to do. And uh, I put a little smile on my face and said, you know, I never looked at it that way before. I probably could have felt a little bit better about myself at certain times of my <laughs> life and situations that I was in. And, and and all of that just made me really, and I know we talk about it nearly every week, but The Chosen, and we just finished mm-hmm. up season three, and I won't, I won't do any spoiler alerts because – if you, I mean, if Watch you, it. if you didn't see seasons, even the, even if you didn't see season one or two, I mean, some things wouldn't make as much sense. But man, 
they raised the bar like twofold for season three. And when you think about some of these topics that we're talking about, and again, being a, a fictitious account, because it's not, you know, there's a lot in there that they take and they, they weave in to make the story work. But man, so much, so much of what we've been talking about, has, uh, it was, has just been wrapped up in that show and so good and uh, highly recommend it. So participation, jump in both feet. Let's figure it out. Get together with anyone, staff member, find someone. Well, what's your talent? Find, you know, Melanie said, we'll find something Wait, that well. you can do that will help us, will help you, will help the church, will help the, the gospel. And if you need to do what Jesus said, which is come rest a while to his disciples, mm. that's okay, too. There that's you go. okay, too. If that's what you need and that's what's going to, what your spirit needs at this point, my big urge is not to tell people that they needed to participate, is what I wanted to communicate in the sermon is we need to allow and make it possible for people to participate who want to. So the, the sermon was not aimed at telling more people to, to get busy and do things. The sermon was aimed at saying, let's make sure that we make the opportunity possible for those who are wanting to serve and get the barriers out of their way that would keep them from participating and growing in their sense of belonging. So if you're feeling it, we're feeling it. Mm-hmm like it. Now, I've heard a rumor that Ken's not going to be here this week. I am. Yeah, actually, this weekend I will be um, I will I will be out of town. Mm. So that leaves that means uh, we have another speaker. Yeah, someone's got to well, be preaching this week. Uh, you know what? Uh, kudos. I, by I, the way, this, I don't think I got an email. I think uh, I think we ought to really take our hats off to Melanie. I told her um, when she was first considering the job and we were working things out, I said, I really would like you to do a th- at least a three-part sermon series early on in your your stay with us so that people can kind of get to know you and, and hear a little bit about you and, and just hear your your take on the Bible. And and Melanie said, sure. So she's uh, she's got a three-part series that she's doing to start off the, the month of March. I'm looking forward to it. Now tell me, worship, worship pastor, <clears throat> there's going to be time over the next three sermons for the response, right? We're not going to pack we're not going to pack these these services so tight that we don't have time to have have a little Q&A. Oh, we might have to have some Q&A. But but we got to leave something for the podcast, right? <laughs> oh, well. I, I, I trust in my I, my trust in your abilities is very very deep. So I'm sure that we can get through all those and then some. Well, we're going to talk about holy encounters. Holy encounters. Yeah, three different encounters where Jesus didn't act very much like Jesus. So, <laughs> Get or at your least questions right now. <laughs> what we might expect Jesus to do or say or act. So wow. what do we do with that? This week we're going to talk about table manners. Table manners? Ooh, mm-hmm. I better make sure Sparkle's in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> she forgets sometimes. <laughs> so, table manners. I'll make sure my wife's aware. All right. All right. Table manners and Melanie Bachman for the first time in the pulpit. One, one of three. Looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it as well. So as Ken mentioned early on, just because we didn't have the response, don't stop with your questions, 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. I'm almost at hospitalchurch.org. Man. Mm, boy, that would have been wrong. That was tough. I, I, sometimes I'm in the old email addresses and then they pop back. In, wholelife.church. Wholelife.church. And um, make sure you catch up. And this week, if you did it, really, if you didn't watch the message, please go back and watch you can see Second Service. It's on the front page of our website. It's already there for you to enjoy. And, and the, you can watch just the, the video itself if that if you didn't get a chance to see that. The video is, what, three minutes, four minutes long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Oh, right, right. And that'll be posted today. Yeah. Well, by the time you see this, um, or by Listen the time this. you hear this, see this, <laughs> see video, hear podcast. We'll keep these two separated. <laughs> so uh, that'll be ready for you. So go check that out as soon as you're done listening. And I think that's everything for this week. And so, Ken, have a safe trip. And the rest of y'all, we'll see you back here next week. Sweet. Sweet. Sweet.